Hello and welcome to the Empowered Hormone Podcast, where we pull apart all those taboo topics, periods, parasites, poos, hormones and more. Let's question everything you've been taught about your body. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Hormones podcast. I am super excited today to have not only a fellow practitioner, but a fellow friend, newish friend, (laughs) Sarah, on the podcast. So Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Sarah is a stress and overwhelm burnout naturopath, coach, whatever word you like to throw around, but basically she's amazing and I'm so stoked to be able to share her knowledge around stress with you all today oh thanks so much for having me I love being here (laughs) it's nice to be able to chat and record it sometimes because I feel like people like you and me who always sort of get caught up or even prize these podcasts about talking about things that we're passionate about whether it's women or helping women or test results or this and that but there's so many um so we're like unrecorded conversations. I think about when I catch up with other naturopaths or nutritionists and think of all the stuff we talk about. And sometimes I go, then we should probably be recording this because there's always so much goodness that other people could take away from it. Oh, there is. It's always like those like late night couch chats, right? We're like, we should literally just hit record because it is some gems come out that were like, oh my gosh, like people would massively benefit from this that we just talk about on the fly. But it's- yeah phenomenal knowledge to get other people. So tell me and the listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do, your business, your specialty, and yeah, just share with us the goodness of Sarah. Yeah. So I'm, as you said, I'm a stress overwhelm, a little bit of burnout naturopath. And basically I kind of got into what I did because of my own big experiences. And I think it's something that, you know, when you start business, you go gung-ho or you start your new job, you go gung-ho, like you work really hard, you hustle, you just, you really embrace this like hustle culture. And so I remember in the beginning of starting my business, I'm like, all right, I looked at all my mentors. I'm like, you guys are hitting the ground running and you're like, hard work will pay off. Like you have to sacrifice X, Y, Z in order to achieve what you want. I'm like, great. I want to achieve my end result. Like I've just got to sacrifice a little bit to reach the light at the end of the tunnel and everything will be amazing once I get reach that goal. Well, this turned into instantly just having a massive workload. And as someone who is a bit of a recovering, like perfectionist, overthinker, people pleaser. Are you me? um, And I know there's going to be so many other women saying that as well, but your story literally sounds like mine. I'm like, oh, this is my twin. (laughs) Like all those type A's around the world. We're all just like, ugh. Yes. So go to that point where... I mean, and that now this is why I start my business because I see so many other people like it, but it's like, you know, as that persona, especially when you're starting a business and it's your baby or it's your work and it's your baby and you want it to be quote unquote perfect, you work away so hard at it. And it got to a point where I had such a big to-do list or workload that I was working basically like getting up at 7am and then working all the way through to 1am, seven days a week, you know, starting to sacrificing friends, sacrificing seeing family because it was like, I have work to do and I've got to do it. And if I dare take a break from my work, I felt so guilty. Like 
I should be working on it. People thinking like, oh, you're so lazy if you're not doing your work, all this stuff. And got to a point that probably in the space of about four months, I started waking up with just feeling this weight on my chest every morning and this constant low level anxiety of just worrying, those limiting beliefs of thinking I'm not good enough, I'm a failure, how am I meant to achieve this? And then trying to see clients until then the fatigue kicked in and I just struggled like the simplest things like if a client came in with a basic cold or like oh how much vitamin c should I take I knew the information was really deep in my brain but it would like take so much energy just to have to try and pull away that like gray smog in my brain and try and find the answer and that was terrifying so I'm like this is making consults really, really difficult. And I'm starting, I'm like worried that I'm going to look like an idiot and my expertise is gone. And then it turned into just dragging through the day. And all this time, although I could recognize that, wow, I'm feeling like so tired. I'm really struggling. I'm so overwhelmed. I like, I'm so stressed. It's, it's, I, the juggle was just really, really difficult. I kept being like, well, what else was I supposed to do? Like it's either give up on my business or keep pushing through and I'll reach that light at the end of the tunnel and everything will be okay once I just reach that light at the end of the tunnel. But as a perfectionist, things would take me like 10 times as long. So nothing was ever good enough to actually, oh, create something and actually put it out into the world. I just hoard it because I'm like, oh, people are going to judge it. It's not good enough. It's not this. So I kind of created this own perpetual cycle for myself, burrowing deeper and deeper. And it kept going this way. And I kept being like, you know what? I can soldier on. I'm fine. I'll survive. Like I'll get through it. It doesn't matter if I'm sacrificing everything right now. I'll reach that light at the end of the tunnel. I literally had that as the biggest thing that I was just aiming for, the shiny star. Until one day I came home and I went and sat on the couch with my partner and my dog jumped up to cuddle me on the couch. And she was not a cuddler back then. So I was like, oh, this is really, really sweet. And I'm usually the type that's like my dogs are my life. Like they bring me so much joy, so much love. If I'm having a crappy day, they can always bring a smile on my face. But in that moment when Winter jumped up on the couch to me to cuddle, I felt nothing. I felt numb. I felt just apathetic. Like I couldn't feel any love for her and I couldn't feel any happiness. And I was, I guess in that moment, it terrified me to be like, what have I become? Like what has happened to me to get to this point that I thought I could, yeah, my health wasn't great, but I thought I could control it until the point it basically controlled me. And it's like, well, I don't want to live a life where there's no happiness. Having a business like this is not worth it if I don't feel happiness and love day in and day out. And it was in that moment that I think like you'd appreciate too, we take our knowledge for granted sometimes that I was very fortunate that obviously in that moment I was very much in burnout and I got there very fast, but I managed to get out of burnout within about four weeks. Just, you know, the power of our herbs, the power of our supplements, knowing what to do, eating, sleeping, all the good stuff. And I took that for granted that when I came out the other side, I was like, okay, let's create a business and a life that actually works for me. And I carried on and I did. And I created a life that was really easy, breezy. It balances really well. And I spend pretty much most of the week at the beach. I work hardly any hours, but my business is more profitable and successful than ever. And it was only when I started talking to other business owners and other friends of them being stuck in this constant stress, overwhelmed state and constant burnout state for years at a time. I was like, holy crap, like my heart bled for them. And I was like, this isn't the life that you have to live. And I saw in so many of them, they're just like, 
it kind of like they're resigned to their fate that, okay, if I want to run a business, I have to hustle. So it means it's going to be stressful. I have to sacrifice things. All the thoughts I had in the early days, they were all suffering with. And in that moment, I was like, but that's not truth. And I knew that wasn't truth. And I was like, no, you can 100% start a business, whether you're in the early days, whether you're five years in, whether you go to CEO level, you can 100% do it with ease and flow and not feel stressed day in, day out, but create something that feels inspiring, motivating, and really energizing and still be able to see all your friends, see your family and live that beautiful hobby field life where you're like, what should I do with my time? Go rollerblading, like do whatever you want. And that's kind of what then birthed what I do now. And the power of seeing these women who are just, yeah, starting business being like meditation doesn't work. Like I've tried therapy and it doesn't work. And it's like, we just have to rebalance your hormones and rebalance your neurotransmitters to make it feel easier and then find the ways to keep them there. It's amazing the power that I guess those hormones and neurotransmitters can have that they create such a strong physiological but psychological effect too to just feel so good in the moment that we're like oh we can't manipulate our bodies I was like "Mm, but we can kind of manipulate our hormones and neurotransmitters just I love that yes yes that's so true because so often we just get caught up and I mean I'm a classic example for it I'll get you know like super stressed overwhelmed or work 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 and then I will I'll hit a burnout point and I'll just be like I don't care about anything about work or you lose your period and you just feel shitty and you're like man like this is your body's clearly telling you it's it's too much but yeah like you said there is those external things and people will say to you they're like oh you know just go meditate and I'm like I can't meditate my period back I can't meditate you know for work to just be perfect if I meditate who's going to do the jobs like my emails aren't going to get answered like it just you just feel stuck because you're like I have set this pace and now I need to keep up this pace because otherwise I'm not going to have money or this and that or yeah it's just it's go 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 going you're right it, it is a cycle and our body responds to that and I guess because our body's so smart it just adapts and tries to keep up until like you you hit because I mean that's an incredible story you just hit total burnout and you're like at least you recognized it and did something about it because people must I don't know but maybe you've seen clients who've been in burnout for a lot longer than you were Oh, massively. I think my burnout journey was an incredibly quick one. And I see so many who go through the cycles too of all those symptoms. And that's the big part of also educating them on like, okay, it's not just stress, overwhelming, and then you're tired. It is. It's your gut suddenly bloating and feeling sluggish. It's suddenly losing your period or losing your libido. It's feeling irritable and snapping at your partner or your kids. It's all these little signs that are like, no, no, please stop. You are heading in the wrong direction. And I'm trying to throw your warning signs at you as loud as I can. But we do, we, our body adapts to whatever we can do until it can't go from thriving to surviving. And so many clients, yeah, I suppose once they get there, it's like, okay, I'm tired. I'm struggling. I'm irritable. I'm so stressed. I'm so overwhelmed, but what else can I do? If I stop, I'm going to stop making money. If I stop, I'm like, work's not going to get done and it's going to pile up. And that's, biggest thing I see is like, well, I can't take a day off because that means all that work I need to do that makes next week more stressful and more full on. So it's like, it's a very vicious cycle that so many struggle to kind of stop and break the cycle 
to feel yeah. good again. Yeah, because, I mean, how how do we even start approaching that in a sense? Like, I mean, that's such a loaded question because I know everyone's different, obviously, but, you know, like that there is there is an element of reality there. Like if I just went, oh, I'm burnt out, I'm not going to work, like all my clients would be like, um, Sheridan, hello, we, we've, <laughs> we've paid you. You can't just take a, a mental health break for three weeks and not tell anyone kind of thing. And, you know, my bank account would obviously reflect that because it'd be like, well, there's no income coming in. So how do we start to approach that sit that that yeah that rat race then? Yeah. The very first thing I always do with clients is then we just need to exert boundaries where we can. And it's working with what is realistic for your life at the moment. So yeah, you can't be like, okay, I'm only going to work a nine to five Monday to Friday. Because no, you might need to still do the seven days and have those extra evenings, but it's choosing I guess certain times or certain days in the week to be like, no, this needs to prioritize me now because if you keep going, it will just get worse. Like your body is an unlimited tank. Like it has a very limited reserve and you're very close to being at the end that it'll force you just to be so tired or run down that you actually have to sleep every day. So we always start with that of like, okay, look at your week. Where can you see at least two slippets of time that can just be for you and whether it's like okay on Monday I'm actually going to stop work at five and have from five to the evening fully just for me or it might be okay I'm going to have half a Sunday for me where you can literally do whatever you like if it's binge watching Netflix if it's just lying on your bed and sleeping extra just whatever time you have just to start recharging your body and giving yourself that extra I guess ability to recharge so you kind of you're slowly moving away from being at complete burnout, but at least you're heading in the right direction to at least sustain you where you are so you can get a little bit more clarity, a little bit more of a foothold to then figure out what you can do next that's going to work with your life. Yeah, for sure. And like you said about boundaries, they're so underrated, like underrated is the word I'm looking for. Um, because I find even with social media and stuff nowadays, there are there are no boundaries. And you know, like even in our kind of work sense, clients can DM you because you're 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 right there, you're on their phone next to all their friends, is your Instagram story, and it's so easy to get access to you. So in our work field setting up boundaries is really important. But in other work fields, that's just as important, whether it's teachers with parents contacting them or seeing them in the streets or seeing them at the beach or whether it's a trade-in, your mate wants you to work on the weekends to fix his house or whatever it is. There's got to be in every area of work or doing cashies for friends or freebies for friends or whatever, they're all great and they're all really good things and helping's really awesome or helping your friend who's just had a baby or whatever it is. But like you said, there's got to be elements of boundaries because without being selfish, we do need to look after ourselves as well. And if you're always giving and not saying no, it's like, well, where's, yeah, where does that end? Yeah. And I think, you know, that saying of, you know, you can't give from an empty cup, can be a little bit like, oh, that's a fun quote. No, it is very literal. If you don't have anything left from your cup, whether it is for your friends, whether it's for your kids, whether it's for your partner, you have literally nothing to give. And it's not even giving nothing, but the person you are around them is not the person that you want to be. You'll start to notice you're snapping more. You start to notice you're getting irritated more. You're not this happy, positive being that you really want to be you're much more of this darker self-loathing version, which you end up then feeling guilty for how you've behaved and you don't like who you've become. And it's this vicious cycle that goes on. And 100% like in terms of boundaries, and it is the 
best thing I ever did. And I'll never go back to it. It's kind of like, yes, okay, you have work or you're running a business and you know, you do have access to you on social media, on emails. These things can come through 24-7. Amazing. We are in an age of technology that makes business incredibly easy. And I'm so grateful for that. You are still allowed to have, quote unquote, a nine to five. So it is still a factor of, okay, I turn off all notifications from social media. So I'm like, my phone does not peep with any emails, any Instagram, any Facebook things. I manually have to check it. And I've got that in my schedule to be like, all right, in my work hours, I'm going to check those things. Because if someone messages, you know, at 7 p.m. on a Monday night, it is not the end of the world. You're a business. They know that you can wait and that they'll get a response usually within a 24-hour working business. All big companies do it. Little companies can do it too. So it's like we need those boundaries in place to not suck your soul dry. And the problem is even if you're not seeing physical people and you're like, hey, I'm spending my evenings off, like I'm not I'm not seeing any clients, I'm not doing any work. If you're still on social media, there's still that element of it taking your energy away because you're looking at other people's posts, you're consuming content, you're connecting with people in stories in a way that's like great if it's friends, but if it's still business related, it is still taking that energy away from you and you're so disconnected from yourself and disconnected from your actual non-technological life as well. Mm. So it's often the easiest boundary to insert first of like, okay, I am not going on social media from 6 p.m. every evening. Turn off notifications so you don't even know they're there. Make sure you check it before. Like I always, with clients back a couple of months ago, they're like, I'm watching Love Island. I'm like, perfect. When Love Island starts, we're not checking our phone anymore. So you can check it all before Love Island actually begins. As soon as Love Island begins, no more, no more social media. Check your phone, but no more social media. And it's just forming that little boundary. And it's creating evidence for yourself too of like, because we do worry of like, oh, if a client comes, if I don't instantly contact, like they might not want to work with me. It's like, no, create that evidence that your business can still survive even when you are not present in it 24-7. And I've had people that have waited because I do not answer on the weekends. So I've got someone who might have replied, you know, Friday afternoon. I finish Fridays at about 11. Oh, well, actually, I hardly even work on Fridays anymore. And then it's like, I'll only reply maybe like Monday afternoon. But if they want to work with you, they will work with you. And it's enough that they're well aware that they're not going to get an instant reply. And if you do get someone who wants absolute instant reply, are they actually your ideal client? So it's like, we don't really want those people anyway, because it's already creating that energy exchange. They already know that they can get past those boundaries. So when you're working with them, they'll always cross those boundaries and expect Mm -hmm. instant replies late at night, instant access to you when that's actually not how you run your business. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, was chatting to um, one of our naturopath friends the other week about this and it was classic because you set it up from the get-go what your boundaries are. And I'm really, really bad at setting boundaries. Like I'm like, yeah, no, no, it's fine, you know, 5 a.m. in the morning, 10 p.m. at night, I'll just reply to your DM because then it's off my to-do list and otherwise like what if I forget or, you know, whatever it is. So you, you do these things and we're talking about that, setting the expectations and the 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 best people I've kind of worked with have always had really clear expectations. And I just know, I just don't, I just don't do it because I don't cross that boundary because I don't want to be that person. And I also know that's not how they run their business. And we set ourselves up for failure in a sense, but also I see, you know, women or clients, you probably see the same that, they exert themselves on social media with their friends or getting back to stuff. But then also you get caught in the comparison game. My friend said the other day, she's like, I've 
got to get off social media. She said, I don't even know what I'm doing on there half the time, but I'm scrolling and then I'm looking at all these women and all their bodies and the things they're doing. And she's like, and I just feel awful in myself. She said, I notice it the more time I spend on there and don't set those boundaries for myself. So we've both just set the, um, on the Apple iPhone, the downtime one. So 45 minutes before your bedtime just blocks everything in a sense um but we're both kind of doing that because then yeah you you can't access your apps I mean you can but you can't it tells you no um but yeah those kind of things because you see that in in a general sense as well women just go oh I just I get so caught up and then it plays with their brain and then they can't sleep because they're just thinking about all this stuff and it's like oh we do it to ourselves we're our own worst enemy (laughs) oh we are and it's I mean social media kudos to Instagram and TikTok they they know how to make it addictive. It is part of their algorithm and the way it works with the colors and the constant change. Like they make it hard to get off the app. That is the whole point of these apps. So they're doing their job phenomenally well. We just need to be aware of it. And I mean, it's even in that sense, we automatically, like if you have something you're doing on your phone, you open your phone, automatic response is to click that Instagram icon or click that TikTok icon. And it's having that, like that little set that you can have on iPhone of being like, no, just to be that conscious moment to be like, oh, no, because otherwise you're on your phone, then you get off and you're like, I was on there for a reason and I didn't even do whatever little thing I needed to do. And I often, um, a friend taught me this little hack and I absolutely love it, that I move my social media to a harder place. If I go on my phone, I have to go into a folder, into a folder, into a folder in order to access it because then it's effort for me. But if I really want to go on it, I know how to get there. Otherwise, you can also do where you constantly move them so that when you go That's on, idea. you've actually got to think about where they are to actually find them because, again, yes. you can't automatically go and click right on it. So otherwise, there's such a trap. And, yeah, the comparisonitis is that was the other thing I did in those big burnout days. I went on a mass exodus and just deleted and unfollowed mm. a whole bunch of accounts that made me just compare myself and just make me feel really crappy. Like, yes, I'm there to support you, but you are not good for my mental health right now. So yeah. anyone that makes me feel like I'm comparing myself in any degree, I just unfollow them for the time being because I can always follow them back when, you know, I'm not feeling that way. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really true. We we set our Instagram feed in a sense, you know, the things that we engage with Instagram is going to show us. But like I said, if we're always engaging with, you know, and I have that sometimes with women who are amazing in the naturopath or the nutritionist field and I'm following them, but I'm always following them going, I'm never going to get there. I'm so insignificant. My stuff is so awful compared to theirs. And I've got to just go actually either mute them or unfollow them, Sheridan, not because they're bad people, they're amazing people, but because I don't have those control over my my thought patterns and maybe when I do and I feel you know better and more confident in my business and happy and whatever then it's totally fine and engage with them but like you said it's comes back to setting those boundaries again and going how does that make me feel and recognize that as well yeah and that's totally fine like I honestly the only naturopaths and nutritionists I follow now are those that are actually my friends as well because it was just Oh, you end up feeling guilty and that's where the people-pleasing kicks in of just being like, oh, I need to be there to support them. But, yeah, if it is not good for your emotions and that spike of just the cortisol and the stress hormones it creates just to feel crappy, it not only makes you feel bad but it will end up making you feel so much more stressed and overwhelmed with everything else. And that perfectionism enhances about 20-fold that what I'm doing isn't good enough so you never then put it out to the world 
So then that to-do list gets bigger and bigger and even more daunting. Yeah. So can you talk just really briefly in simple terms about the like the the response of our adrenal glands and cortisol and hormones when we do get stressed? Because a lot of them go, oh, I'm stressed and, you know, I think my cortisol's high or maybe it's really low, I don't know, because now I'm exhausted. How do we go from doing everything and having all this energy to then the next day, not quite the next day, but you know what I mean? Just feeling absolutely mm. flat in our backs. What has our body done there? Yes. So I guess in the very basic, simplest terms, it's kind of like, okay, the very beginning, when you're stressed, your body wants to launch that fight or flight reaction. So brilliant. Your brain's like, whoa, holy crap, stress response here. Your cortisol, <laughs> like it goes to your adrenals, your cortisol gets released. The good old queen of the uh, stress response. From there, we have our chain reaction that kicks in. So once cortisol is released, the very first one that then gets released is histamine to get your brain thinking and moving and really snappy and hyper aware of your senses. This is often why we get then itchy skin or we get heavier mm. periods, all those things creeping in with the histamine response. Um, and then we also have then adrenaline and glutamate kicking in. So this little beautiful party of this just heightened stress response, which amazing we are so thankful for because if a lion is chasing you or a car is coming down the street towards you you want that fight or flight reaction and you want these hormones to quickly jump out of the way and be i guess in survival mode so great in those times of big stress we want it but when we have then the everyday stress so you know you're having an argument or if you're sitting in traffic that's not moving because you're late you have a big to-do list all the little bits and pieces, even the comparisonitis that comes up with a phone when you're on Instagram, all these little things are still kicking up that stress response for the body, right? So then we've still got adrenals activating, cortisol coming to the rescue, and then you've got your histamine, glutamate, and adrenaline coming to the party as well. So you've got this constant reaction that, you know, we're getting our heart beating faster, we're getting our muscles getting ready to run, we've just got all this buzzing wiry energy all the time that make like we get addicted to that stress fight or flight response right because it's just I'm so motivated I have all this energy to go I'm like go 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 all the time and we're all like yeah I thrive in fight or flight and most people at this point don't necessarily see they're stressed because it's just the body's response to it of just being able to like go all the time you might have a bit of crappy sleep because the adrenaline and the cortisol is a bit too high but generally it's like oh, I've got so much energy in the day I'm so inspired. I'm going from everything to everything. Like I'm handling my to-do list. You might not be ticking it off, but you at least can manage the huge workload and still survive day in, day out with a little bit of coffee to help like push you up as well. But what happens if that keeps going and going and going? Basically, your body recognizes cortisol as a negative thing. So it's like, yes, we want cortisol because it's part of our sleep-wake cycle. So come up in the morning, make you feel awake and make you feel like a human being in the morning rather than a zombie, give you energy throughout the day. And it is important for so many physiological responses in the body. But after a while, if you have that high level of cortisol because you're go, go, go all the time, your body sees this cortisol as like, okay you're getting a little bit damaging now. Like this is dangerous because of all the extra side effects of the cortisol response, damaging your gut, the cortisol response, turning off your hormones. So there goes your period or changes your period, you know, all the impact on your immune system being run down, like cortisol too much does have a negative response because that's rest and digestus isn't happening. So after a while, 
when cortisol is around, your body starts turning off the receptors to it, or basically turning off the response to cortisol. And the best way it does that is turns your cortisol into cortisone. So then cortisone is basically this inactive, nothing form of cortisol. So when you've got all this cortisone, it's not waking you up in the morning, giving you energy. It's not powering you through the day and making you feel motivated or inspired. Your body is still trying to be like, whoa, but I'm stressed here. Adrenals make some cortisol. Cortisol gets made, quickly then gets turned into cortisone, and we get this vicious cycle where basically your adrenals and your brain are still in this stress response mode. So you can still be getting a bit of the adrenaline and the histamine and the glutamate there to make you feel like, oh, I'm overthinking and I'm just feeling kind of this wide heart kind of beating really fast and all this, despite the fact you're so tired because cortisol hasn't joined that little party to give you the energy to keep going or the mental power. So then we've got that brain fog and the exhaustion creeping in yet your brain and your thoughts are spiraling on and on and you're just feeling this kind of antsy, restless energy despite being so freaking exhausted the whole time. And so it's always a factor like, you know, when you're in that go, go, go mode, it's so much easier to come in then because we're just working with high cortisol rather than coming in at the exhausted stage where it's like your body's running off a little adrenaline burst to get through. So that's your quick burst of energy, but then it falls flat on its face, you know, 30 to 60 minutes later because then we're trying to convert that cortisone back into cortisol, but then also regulate how much cortisol you're making to get out of that fight or flight constant response as well. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yes. There's so much going on there. And for sure, like people probably would listening to this would go, oh, I can recognize that I'm in that. I've still got this cortisol. Like I can go, go, go. And I can do all the things or they're recognizing that I'm might be sleeping seven or eight, nine hours and I'm waking up exhausted. Like, and I'm just so tired still. And by then you can go, well, you know, it's all, it's all bound up into cortisone. Like there's no free cortisol left for you to actually access. And then like you said, that would then impact your other hormones. We see that with progesterone, estrogen, and then that sort of counter effect with your periods or, you know, your PMS and then how that affects mood. And then that just becomes its own little horrible circle in itself, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, that's the biggest thing when, and I mean, you'd see it too, like stress and cortisol is such a root cause of so many things, but it's like, you know, yeah. Chucking that cortisol picture in the cortisone picture yeah, pretty much say goodbye to like, well, your adrenals aren't really making testosterone anymore. So goodbye libido. And you've got, yeah, it's like, well, it's not all that important to ovulate right now because you're supposedly running away from a lion. So please don't fall pregnant. So (laughs) goodbye progesterone and estrogen from both elements of ovulation stopping plus your adrenals not supporting. And then anytime cortisol is high, in your brain, it shifts, does the tryptophan steal. So you're not making your serotonin mm-hmm. for happiness and you're not making your GABA for calming. Mm-hmm. It turns into like quinolone, which is so damaging and inflammatory for the brain. So you're not making your neurotransmitters either that support your mood. You're actually creating a mood that's going to be more flat and more anxious as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So how do we start addressing that? Can you talk briefly about, you know, we've talked some about the boundaries and the lifestyle stuff. Is there nutrition, dietary things we can do? And obviously you can't give specific herbal recommendations, but if there's their kind of general herbs or supplements that you go, hey, this is the sort of direction you want to be heading in. Yeah. So, oh, it's like the can of worms. It's like, where do you even start? Um, In general sense. And this is why I always then target, I guess, cortisol, because it's like, okay, it is a domino effect for everything else kind of shifting and aligning back into balance. But it's like, right, we just need to work with your cortisol of where it's at. And 
without specifically knowing, okay, you are a cortisone pitcher or you're a high cortisol pitcher. Mm. There are so many things you can do to modulate. And I suppose our biggest aim is we just manually try and support the cortisol pitcher of wherever you're at to give your body a break just to be like, whoa, okay, I am going super fast at the moment. I'm really struggling to just bring that cortisol back into alignment wherever it is on your spectrum. So in general sense, I suppose when we talk herbally and nutritionally, uh, the easiest things I can always recommend is always like magnesium's top of the list, 100% always. And my biggest thing for that is like, okay, anytime cortisol goes up or anytime you're in a stress response, your magnesium is then flooded into your body because your body's like, you might need this as your fight or flight reaction. Like here, I'm just like trying to support you, which is like, thank you body, but a little bit over. Let's zealous for that one. Um, and then the problem is because we're not running away from a lion or a tiger and we don't need that massive response, we end up peeing majority of our magnesium out. So then we become flat, energy gets impacted, hormone creation gets mm-hmm. impacted. But more importantly that I find is that when you're magnesium deficient, your brain has a stronger stress response. So you might have the same to-do list. If you are magnesium deficient, your brain is going to launch like an 80% stress response to this very simple to-do list. Whereas if you've got enough magnesium in the body and the brain, that same to-do list might only trigger your stress response like 10%. So it just makes everything so much easier to try and stop that cycle in the beginning to stop the brain telling the adrenals, you're in stress mode right now. And it's like, no, actually all I did is spill my coffee. Like it's not the end of the world. Everything's (laughs) fine. Um, So magnesium sometimes in itself can have the most profound impact. And sometimes all people need just to give them that break and that cycle to breathe again. Mm -hmm. Um, But aside from that, my next recommendation is always vitamin C. And I always do high dose vitamin C. So you're aiming for about three grams per day because the adrenals just suck it up. Like it is one of the main fuel sources for it. And it is the quickest way to get your adrenals back into balance again to not feel so exhausted to start regulating kind of what's happening. Do you recommend whole food vitamin C or supplement higher uh, vitamin C? When you are in that phase, I find of just go, 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 or just exhausted supplemental to get it in as quick as possible. Eating as much whole food vitamin C as you can is beneficial, but just to make sure that you're actually getting in the three grams a day and making sure it splits only having one gram separated by an hour every time. So you're actually absorbing it. Um, just, and it's often short term, you might only need it for two weeks and that's it just to get your adrenals out of that SOS mode and be able to cope a bit better, um, so that it can respond to everything else. I love that. That's yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that I knew vitamin C was lovely for the adrenals, but I didn't know in that high dosage because that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and salt is another one I find with people can be helpful as well. Yes. Especially if, you know, I'm craving salty food, (laughs) take that as, unless you like you heavily dose your food with salt all the time and you're just used to it. But generally it's like, Oh, why am I craving like, yeah, salty kind of that savory food your adrenals really want to be rescued right now. So it's bringing in that extra bit of salt. And yeah, often it's really easy with the sea salt just to give your body that balance back again. Yeah. To kind of stabilize everything out. So it's not 
Love that. Awesome. Well, that's some easy things for people to implement and to think about as well. Magnesium, vitamin C, which you often find that so go-to and so great for so many different things in the body as well. But yeah, I'm balancing those hormones. So set some boundaries, people. <laughs> Add some vitamin C, have some magnesium, have some salt and assess where you are obviously as well, because everyone's going to be different. Some are going to be really strung out still. Some are going to be in that burnout stage. Some might be coming in and out of that. And yeah, just giving yourself that time and going, hey, I'd I need breaks. I don't need to hustle. Like I can do what I need to do without the hustle, like you said, because that's something that we so get caught up in. And as women, like, and I'm going to speak primarily to women here because that's who's going to be listening, but you're thinking about looking after kids or being at home and working and finances and, you know, maybe starting your own business on top of that and being social and being active and looking good and eating well and keeping up with everything. There's there's a lot going on there so we do need to recognize that and then yeah the added pressures of social media so yeah thanks for speaking to all of that and where can people find you and learn more because I know your Instagram is an awesome place to hang out as well Uh, so I'm primarily on Instagram these days but still in my boundaries (laughs) so I'm yeah primarily on Instagram at Sarah underscore shell so c-h-e-double-l-e underscore main way you can basically find me there because I think I just love I mean as much as I talk of social media needing boundaries but it's still a very enjoyable place and I think yeah everything they've got from video content all the colors and all that it's it's a fun place to be when it's somewhere that you actually want to be that's normally where I am got to make it fun that's the thing fill your feed with things that make you happy like Sarah's reels and other bits and pieces and content so really curate your feed people and put put good stuff in there uplifting stuff a bit of information don't overload yourself um but I will link that in the show notes and I'll also link your website in there as well so people can find you and can yeah see all that great content and you do have a podcast I do so I've got the um frazzle to freaking free podcast where yeah all on this topic of how to reduce stress and overwhelm and basically live a much more cruisy easy life and business or work balance Perfect. Love it. Thank you so much. Well, yes, enjoy your Friday. Thanks for taking time out of your Friday to have a chat. Um, I really appreciate it. I know people have gotten a lot out of that and I'll yeah link that all in so everyone can find you. But thank you again so much. No, thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowered Hormone Podcast. If you know a female who needs some empowerment, please forward, repost, tag or share and let's get women talking.